Welcome to CBJ in 30, the official podcast of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here's Bob McElligant. Welcome to the day after the NHL draft. Blue Jackets added seven new players to their organization over the past couple of days in Nashville, Tennessee at the 2023 NHL draft. And they made a lot of noise on Wednesday night in round one when with the third overall pick, they had the opportunity to take Adam Fantilli, the big centerman from Michigan, who fell to the Blue Jackets after the Anaheim Ducks decided to take Leo Carlson with pick number two overall. Jody Shelley, Dylan Tyre, and I were all there at the draft, and we had a chance to talk with Adam Fantilli about his third overall selection. First of all, the easy word, congratulations. Back is all. I mean, this is something you look forward to for your entire life. What's the experience been like for you in the past 30 minutes? It's been surreal uh, being able to go through with my parents and my brother and, and everybody that's been here to support me uh, through through my entire career has been, been amazing. And then obviously getting to this point and, and being at the draft is every kid's dream, so I'm just so happy to be here. What's this whole process been like for you? It's been amazing. It's uh, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, getting down to Nashville is an amazing spot, and, and the live music everywhere, walking around the strip, it's so cool. And then being able to meet and get to know all these amazing prospects has been been so cool. You look great in that Blue Jackets uniform. Thank you so much. I was really it. excited when, when you got picked. Was it you know a little bit about Columbus and the organization? Oh, yeah, obviously I was ecstatic, and uh, I, I know quite a few guys who played at Michigan and, and guys who, uh, who I work out with in the summer, so – be able to, to go there and see those guys is going to be really good. Yeah, I mean, how excited are you to be a Blue Jacket? Because it's such an interesting thing. Everybody said that Adam Fantilli would be the number two overall pick to Anah- Anaheim for the longest time, and it has to be kind of weird in the moment when that doesn't happen, but are you pleased that it shook out the way it did? Oh, I'm so pumped. I mean, to have the amount of Michigan guys that are there, and we got a lot. Go see those guys, and uh, it's, it's going to be great. I mean, I think everything works out uh, for a reason, and I think I'm super excited to get to club. It's going to be awesome. you have an idea of what you're going to do next season? Uh, no clue yet. we got to talk to the team and talk to the people around me, and, and we'll see what's going on. I mean, really, if you do have a clue, you just want to announce it right now. Right, <laughs> right, right here. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. Play with Johnny Goodrow. That'd be good. Yeah. I wouldn't be bad at all, hey? <laughs> hey, um, so what? Take, take us through, from your vantage point, what kind of player are you? What are you going to bring to the Columbus Blue Jackets that's going to make this a better organization? Um, the, the way I like to describe myself, I, I think I'm a big, fast Hard-skilled two-way forward. Um, I love to obviously play offensively and, and take chances that way, but I know how important it is to play defensively and take care of business on that side of things. So I just want to be as complete as possible and play in as many situations as I can. I talked to Zach Wierenski about you during the season last year. You say taking care of business. He likes that little edge that you have to your game, and uh, I think a lot of people in Columbus are going to like that. I hope so. Your dad is a carpenter or has a carpentry business? Yeah. yeah. You do any of that work? Uh, I never have, but I've, I'm always around the shop. I'm always around the guys, and... and yeah, his his employees are absolutely amazing. Get get to know them as throughout my entire life. And one of them I gotta give a shout out to. His name's Ricardo. He's uh he puts all the wood extensions in my sticks and shaves them down with the belt sander and makes them feel like like seamless. It's unreal. So I gotta give him a shout out. How do you do that during the season? Uh, I get my sticks shipped to Toronto, and uh, whenever my dad comes down, he'll bring down a, a new batch. Oh, right on. Yeah, so yeah. That's uh, a lot of work for your dad, too. That's oh, great. he's he's always working, but I, I'm so happy he does it. It's, it's amazing. I also read something. I didn't know if it was true. You're very disciplined with your bedtime <laughs> and your social media. Is that true? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do have time limits on all my social media, and I do like to get to bed early. Uh, I got to have you talk to my kids. My kids are 14 and 13, and yeah, I wait a bedtime. But what, about in, <laughs> what about in Nashville? Were you able to get it to bed early in Nashville? Uh, decently. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I've been able to spend time with all my family and friends, so they're keeping me up a little bit and hopefully tonight we'll have some fun as well. What about players you model, you model your game after? I know you don't like to compare yourself to anybody in the NHL, but to get Blue Jackets fans excited, who do you kind of pull from in the league? Yeah. The, the guys I try and pull from the most, I'd say are Nate McKinnon, um, Patrice Bergeron and, and Matthew Kachuk. Those, I think those three guys are, are so dominant in different ways. And trying to be able to take their, their X factor and try and um, bring it into my game as much as possible, something I try and do in the offseason and during the season. All right, well, what about off the ice a little bit? I know you and I had the opportunity to talk at the Combine. You're a big golf guy. There's lots of good golf in Columbus, but, you know, on a day off, what are you into? Yeah, like I said, getting out, getting on the course with the guys, and um, I just love being around my teammates, love being around all my buddies, whether it's a, a movie, a concert, just going over to someone's house and hanging out. I just love being around the guys, and um yeah that's that's pretty much it grabbing food probably <laughs> you're um 
you come to an organization where now you there's familiarity with some guys from Michigan, and it was a surprise that you came to Columbus. I'm sure they're excited that you're going to be there. You uh, you feel good about knowing Kent Johnson and and knowing that Zach Wierenski has been there and come in and make things easier for you, I guess. Yeah, obviously having familiar faces always makes the transition a little bit easier, and and I, I'm super excited to get to see those guys. I know they were kind of giving me the gears a little bit, and uh, were they? they came, yeah, when they came to the Michigan game against Ohio State. Uh, a few months ago, so I'm super about to see those guys. Yeah, <laughs> That's I'll great. bet you when you check your phone when you're done with all of this, you'll have plenty of messages from those guys. I will see you. We'll see you, <laughs> Adam. Thank you so yeah, much. Congratulations! Uh, congratulations for being the latest in that pipeline from the University of Michigan to the Columbus Blue Jackets. We can't wait to see you in that uniform on an everyday basis. Thank you guys so much for having me, Adam Fantilli, taken with the third overall pick by the Blue Jackets on Wednesday night in round one of the NHL draft. And as if getting one more player from the University of Michigan wasn't enough, they did it again the very next morning in round two. The Blue Jackets had the 34th overall pick, and they took forward Gavin Brindley, who has played both center and wing. He, too, coming from Michigan and a teammate of Adam Fantilli, another guy that's happy to be here. Congratulations to you. How excited are you about getting selected so quickly here on day two? Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's obviously really exciting. I mean, um, it's a total dream come true, so it's pretty pretty cool. And it's not bad that you're going to know a few people when you get to Columbus. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, quite a few Michigan guys, so I'm sure uh, I'm sure we're going to gel in pretty well there, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a blast. I can't wait. You guys watch Blue Jackets games in Michigan, or what? What's going on here? <laughs> well, KJ and Blanks are there, so we try to try to watch them as much as we can. Obviously, um, KJ is a really entertaining player, and and Blanks throws around the body for little guys, so it's pretty fun to watch those guys. And obviously, Adams there too, which is unbelievable. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Gavin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself as a player? Obviously, you're a you're a high pace guy and with a lot of effort in your game, but maybe some guys that you look up to in the NHL and try and model yourself after? Yeah, um, I play a skilled 200-foot game. I don't really prefer center or wing. I play one or the other and um, play with a lot of energy, play pretty physical, and, um, yeah, I mean, not, not scared of anything out there. So uh, that's why you play the game of hockey, and that's why I play. And um, I love Brain Point. Um, it's probably the biggest guy I look up to, I think, his, uh, his skill set and his skating ability are off the charts. So um, playing like him is, uh, is huge for me. You grew up playing in Florida, right? Yeah. So tell us about... Kind of that process. The Blue Jackets have a guy in Andrew Peak who who did something similar coming up in Florida. But what's it like getting into the sport down south there? Yeah, it's a little different. Um, my I was really fortunate. My dad was playing down there at the time for the Everblades in, in the East Coast League, so um, he had me down there. And I mean, I was two minutes away from the rink, so uh, pretty much get on the ice whenever I want and or, around the locker room pretty much since I was born. So um, hockey's always been in my blood and. Walking to the rink in flip-flops and shorts is pretty nice, too, so um, can't get enough of that, and um, going home is awesome. I mean, it doesn't get better than Florida, so it's uh, I'm really fortunate that I was born there and get to spend time there. So how does a kid from Florida end up playing at the University of Michigan? Why was it the Wolverines for you? I don't know. Um, Ann Arbor is, I don't know if you've ever been, Ann Arbor is, is a really special place. I think um, just the people that, that have walked on that campus and, and the legacy that they have and putting on the Michigan jersey every time you do it, you, you can't get enough of it. I would do it for the rest of my life if I could. But, um, yeah, just the, the people there that support you. There's people everywhere, the sport camaraderie, the, the relationships between other team members. It's it's unbelievable. So, um it's a really cool place, and uh, I never want to leave, unfortunately, but I'm going to have to one day. So, um, yeah, I know it's awesome. College is good, huh? Yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> hey, uh, you played on a line with Fantilli? Yeah. What's that? What was that like? How did you complement each other? That's awesome. I think we're both really like-minded players. Um, we're both really competitive, and we both want to win. So um, I think when you put two like-minded, skill-wise players together, then it's going to come out positive, and it did for us towards the second half of the year. I mean, he's um, – he makes the game so much easier for me. I mean, he's he's a freak of nature, that guy. So, Is he? Um, he's going to be a generational talent in the NHL, and he's uh, he, he's an unbelievable person, too. So I, I couldn't be more happy for him. Great. Is your dad still involved with hockey? You said he played for uh, – he was in the East Coast Hockey League yeah. down there? Yeah, he still uh, helps Florida hockey out a ton. So uh, my brother's an 9 too. So um, maybe be here in a couple of years. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If he goes to Michigan, he's got that's, a better chance to come right. to Columbus. That's right. That's right. <laughs> 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 yeah, you never know. So, um, yeah, no, he still loves it. I mean, I, I don't even know what he would do if he wasn't still coaching. And um, But, yeah, he's uh, he's going to be in the business for a long time, I'm sure. Great. Hey, how was your season last year coming from the development program into Michigan? Was there an adjustment for you to the college game? Um, I mean, a little bit. I think um, 
nothing crazy. I think the jump from AAA to the USHL was a lot more. I mean, I was 15 years old going going into the USHL. So, um, but yeah, I mean, definitely you're playing against bigger, stronger, faster players. I feel like it's like that at every level. So it takes a couple games to get acclimated. But um, no, nothing crazy. I think um, got my feet wet a little bit and turned it on the second half, and it was uh, it was all good from there. All right, they're ready to whisk you away to go do all the other stuff you have to do today. <laughs> so just. Uh, Drink it in. Enjoy yeah, your day. We'll Congratulations. We're glad to have you. Will do. Thanks, guys. Thank All right. you. Thanks, Gavin. After going north for a couple of Wolverines, the Blue Jackets decided to move back to the state of Ohio in the third round with pick number 66 overall. This time, they found another forward from the Youngstown Phantoms of the USHL, a young man that won a championship in Youngstown this past year, and that is William Whitelaw. There he is. William? Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. How, uh, how nice is it to know that you're in the state of Ohio to play in the USHL. I know you're going to go off to Wisconsin, but then you're going to come back to Ohio. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's crazy. I mean, uh, my billets are there, so they're great. Uh, obviously, I get to see them a lot, and uh, my team was there, and uh, love the guys and love the organization. So to be close there, and uh, it's going to be unbelievable, and I'm just thankful for my family and friends who came and uh, everyone who came. It's been an unreal experience. What goes through your mind as you're sitting up there in the stands and you're waiting for the name to be called? I mean, a lot. I mean, I think uh, <laughs> well, once your name's called, it's the best feeling ever, and uh, it's something you've worked for your whole life, and uh, I'm just very thankful to be here and uh, be in Columbus. So, Who's here with you? Uh, my mom, my dad, uh, aunt and uncle, grandpa, and a bunch of cousins, so uh, super excited. What did you think of the first two rounds as you sat there? I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought uh, my name was going to be called at any time, and uh, – I really wanted Columbus, and uh, I'm super excited to be a Blue Jacket. So that's great. Why'd you want to be Columbus? I mean, yeah, like uh, Clarky's dad played with, uh, so Chris Clark. Oh, you did, obviously, yeah. yeah. So uh, and then Braden, and then uh, Sasha, uh, yeah. Midian, and his dad. So I have a good relationship with all of them. And for his little brother to give me the jersey is a uh, pretty surreal feeling. That's so right. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. the runner out there, right? Oh yeah, he's running around. So he's a great kid. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you have any familiarity with the Blue Jackets organization because James Fisher, of course, who who played with Youngstown this past season, I know he got traded, but James Fisher, seventh rounder by the Blue Jackets last year too. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, he's a great kid. Uh, he had a couple injuries this year, but uh, he's a great kid. And I'm sure uh, I open my phone, there's gonna be a text. And he's super <laughs> excited. So. Uh, I'm just excited to get going, and, uh, yeah, it's been unreal. Can you describe yourself as a player for our Blue Jackets fans listening or maybe some guys that you try and model yourself after in the NHL? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm a player uh, in the end of the game, and uh, you need to win. I think uh, the coach doesn't look any farther than me. I think uh, if uh, when the game's on the line, uh, that's when I play my best. I'm a goal scorer. I shoot to score, and uh, I make my teammates better, and uh, I love to win, so that's something I bring to the table. And uh, I think I play, like, a little bit of Marshan, Caulfield, and uh, Point, too, so. All pretty good names right there. Yeah. Obviously, the University of Wisconsin has a great college hockey history. Why do you want to be a Badger? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's the best place to play college hockey. Uh, you go to the campus. I've been there for a couple weeks now, and uh, just unbelievable. Uh, the coaching staff's great. Uh, Tony, he was the reason why I went there in the first place, and uh, he's great. And the new staff's great, too. So I'm super pumped to get there and uh, play the season. I want to ask you because you said, you know, Chris Clark's. You play. Chris Clark knows you. Bomadine knows you. So on the ice, you're a finisher, a guy that's got that skill. So what is it off the ice that they know about you in the locker room or as a teammate that they're like, you got to go with this kid at this pick? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, just call Braden. He was my teammate and same with Sasha. We tendered him, so they've been around me a lot, and they know how I am. They know how competitive I am, and I think uh, they just know who I am as a person, and so do the parents, and so they're uh, really close to me, so they know uh, nothing's fake. It's all real. So You're a worker? Yeah, I, lo I love to work hard and get better, so. Good. Hey, tell us about that championship season in uh, Youngstown this year and how special that was for you and your teammates. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Uh, we had a great group of guys. Uh, funny enough, we started the season 2-7. Uh, and seven. A lot can happen. Uh, we stuck together. Uh, we persevered through everything. Uh, and uh, we have five guys uh, who for sure probably get picked tonight and maybe six, and five of them are here. So uh, to be there with them is an unbelievable feeling, and uh, we're really excited. And it was, it was just a great team, and uh, – great group of guys so. was there a point during the season or even in the playoffs where all of a sudden it kind of clicked and you were like hey we can win this whole thing yeah I think uh, after break uh we beat we swept Chicago and I told my coach after the game I was like I, th I think we can win this thing man and he was like dude I've been telling you that since day one <laughs> <laughs> so I mean yeah I think it kind of clicked there and then uh once the season got started and uh things started to go down I think uh we kind of just kept staying hot didn't get too high and too low and uh just got the job done well, congratulations once again. Glad to have you as a member of the Blue Jackets. You got to go right where you wanted to go, so enjoy your day. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Super pumped. That is William Whitelaw, and you heard him mention a couple of Blue Jackets front office staff members, one of them, 
the director of player personnel and the general manager of the Cleveland Monsters. That is former Blue Jacket Chris Clark. Also, Joseph Boumediene, who is the director of pro scouting for the Blue Jackets. Both of them have sons that play in Youngstown with William Whitelaw. Another guy they played with is defenseman Andrew Strathman, and he became the Blue Jackets' next pick in the fourth round at number 98 overall. If you play for the University of Michigan or the Youngstown Phantoms, you have a great opportunity to be a Columbus Blue Jacket here, no, the way this draft's North worked Dakota. out. Huh? North Dakota. What's that? That's where I'm going to school. Well, yeah, no, no, but I'm saying you were in Youngstown. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know you're going to go. <laughs> well, I we're was talking like, about the year in the valley. <laughs> yeah. They've drafted two guys from Michigan, two guys from Youngstown to this point, yeah, yeah. right? So, uh, oh, yeah, Whitey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so how do you feel about this? How, how exciting is this? Yeah, so um, funny. I was actually in the bathroom, and I come out, and my family's standing up. Everyone's like, you got picked. You just got picked. So um, it's definitely exciting. Um, you know, I, I know a few people on the uh, Blue Jackets staff and, and uh, a couple of their kids. So um, just to be able to do this with my family is, is an unbelievable feeling. And and to do it with a teammate now, too, right? Yep. I mean, uh, that's got to be even more special for you. When you come in, you can come into development camp, and you're, you at least know one guy. You got yep. one buddy. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, so uh, me and Whitey were roommates here, actually, uh, this week, and um, he's an unbelievable kid. I'm, I'm happy that uh, I'll be able to spend some more time with him. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just great. Where are you from? I'm from Chicago. Are you really? Yeah. So, And how was your year in Youngstown? Uh, really good. Obviously, we ended uh, with the Clark Cup, so um, can't complain about that. Yeah, and you said you know a couple kids in the organization. What do you know about Columbus, and what, what, maybe what did they find out about you knowing you so well there? Yeah, I think uh, so the draft pick from last year, Jordan Dumay, um, he's drafted to Columbus, and uh, I, I talked to him a little bit. Um, he's one of my buddies, and uh, he said he loved it uh, when he went out there and uh, had a good time, so um just kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. But what about, like, you guys had a great season. You guys had a tough start to the season. Mm -hmm. uh, what was it that brought your group together? Yeah, I think our, our uh, leaders, I think that was a big part of it. Uh, we had a great captain in Lachance, and uh, he was really uh, kind of a role model for everyone and, and kind of people just kind of took after him. So uh, it, was, it was really good. Do you work out in Chicago? Yes. You work out with... Barry Brennan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. he, um, he is kind of pushing uh, some of those guys' buttons, kind of, uh, you know, pumping my tires a little bit to some <laughs> of those guys in Columbus. And uh, it was funny. I talked to him at the combine, and they were like, is this guy an agent or is he in a trainer? Because like, he's talking to him so much. So, uh, yeah, definitely a couple connections there. Let, yeah. me, let me tell you guys something. You, guys have, a, guy. you have a great group there, right? Yeah. That's we funny. had Barry in Columbus. <laughs> yeah. our That's funny. How do you know Jordan Dumay? Um, so my buddy last year, Jake Rossi, was on. He's from Montreal, and okay. so is uh, so is Doom. So uh, we kind of play Xbox a little bit together, okay. and uh, we chat a little bit. So yeah. Tell us about yourself as a player. Uh, I think I'm a two-way defenseman, someone who's uh, going to give it his all every night, and likes to get up the ice and, and create plays, but uh, is going to defend as hard as he can. So. Are there guys in the league that you try and model yourself after? Yeah, I think it's hard to. Uh, like say model mm -hmm. after but um you know take bits and pieces from from the guys like Shay theodore jacob truba uh people like that just to uh put in my game you know these guys are physical yeah truba is for sure i like <laughs> how he i like how he plays that's kind of why i watch him a little bit you throw I, the body a lot yeah i try to yeah i've asked uh, a couple of our picks so far why they've decided to commit to the colleges they have and it just so happens we've drafted all college guys so far with gavin brindley being at michigan Whitelaw committed to play at Wisconsin. Another great historic hockey program at North Dakota. So mm -hmm. why North Dakota for you? Yeah, I think um, it starts with the coaches. Um, they're unbelievable people, uh, super pro, you know. Um, Brad Berry's still the coach here, right? Right, exactly. And he was an assistant coach with the Blue Jackets a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, and then um, just obviously the fans, the culture they have there, the guys, um, everything about it when I went there and visited is unbelievable. So um, there wasn't really any other uh, choice in mind, and uh, that's just kind of why. All right. Well, hey. Barry Brennan says hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him a – he's probably texting me right oh, now. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. 100%. It. I told you. And, Andrew, I told those yeah. guys what a great player you were. He's got a great setup in Chicago because you ben, his, is you it Ben his? Eager? Yep. Yeah, that's where I work out, yeah. So he's got the ice. And he's, you know, he's a really good boxer, Barry Brennan. That's what I'm saying. Have you seen his hands? Oh, his yeah. hands. I used to Huge. box with him. 
Yeah, he, so I box with He's him. like Shrek. I box with him. I think that's where I get a little bit of my feistiness from. So. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Give him some credit. Like yeah. he's um, 100%. He's the man. He does a really good job off the ice. He told me all about the setup with the technology. And, oh, yeah. And you guys spend five days a week in there? Yeah. So uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is kind of weight training, and Tuesday, Thursdays are uh, conditioning. So he, uh, he gives us a pretty hard time, but, um, you know, he, he's hard on us. But when uh, it's time to get, you know, have some fun, you will We'll be in there and joking around and whatnot, but uh, he's he's unbelievable. Where'd you play minor hockey? What team? Were you in Chicago? Uh, I played Steel? for the for the Mission. Yeah. Um, and then I played for Chicago Young Americans my last year, and then I went up to Tri City. Right on. Very good, it's Andrew. Good program, congratulations. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Thanks yep. for having me. It's great we'll talking to Columbus you. this yeah. week. Yeah, for sure. Yep. All right. 100. Thank you. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you guys. Well, I told you that Blue Jackets Director of Player Personnel and General Manager of the Cleveland Monsters, Chris Clark, has a son that plays in Youngstown, so he had some more insight on these last two players. What information was it that he passed along to the Blue Jackets scouting staff? We had a chance to catch up with him and ask him that question and more. He's with us. Chris Clark walks away from the table, thinks he's going to just be able to go over and chat with his buddies, and then we nab him, and we, and we get him, and we bring him. But we've been talking about you here for the last 40 minutes or oh so. Boy. I don't know. Is that yeah. good or bad? Well, I'll let you decide. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you tell us. We've, uh, now we're talking about the, these Youngstown Phantoms. You guys take uh, two guys from Youngstown, and there's a little extra insight to, to those guys because uh, you have your kid playing there. So you, you get to watch them and, and know them a little bit. You'll know exactly what kind of uh, – players and teammates these guys are right yeah oh absolutely you know and, and joseph Bamidian at the end of the year with sasha being there as well so we got uh we got two two guys on the inside so it's 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 been great you know they lined up perfectly for us to take them and we know the background about them and, and i've known these guys for from the outside as well because my son's the same age for four or five years because they played against each other or with each other in certain times so it's it's something where I do have that that background which is great what were the the tendencies that what what did you guys like in both those players uh both of them they're they're uh just the way they play they're obviously they're great players they have the skill they have that that package but they're the way they play the game that they're they're tenacious they they want to make a difference um Strathman will you know, he's not the biggest guy, but he's going to go out there and he's going to hit, and he's going to. But he has the skill to go along with it, and uh, and and William is is one of those guys that he'll shoot and he'll go and he'll go. He's got a motor and he just wants to win and he wants to score goals. So it, it's one of those things where these guys just they're always pressuring, always pressuring. Clarky, I'm just wondering because you and Joseph, with the extra insight, I mean, it's so unique. Is there a was there a moment was there something that happened during a season or that, that told you something about these kids? It's like that. I mean, because the, the first kid told us about Whitelaw. Yeah, Whitelaw went up to the coach after they started two and seven, and had a conversation with about you know we're gonna be able to win this thing. I think like halfway through the season, you get to feel and hear those things not only from watching but from your son Braden. So, was there a few things that happened there with these kids that really separated them? Uh, yeah, well, obviously with their age and, and being in and, and being there and, and and myself and knowing them for so long, I've seen them in summer tournaments and I've seen them during the year, stuff like that. That I, I've known them and I've seen that progression. So, but I'm not an amateur scout, but uh, I'm there to. You are to today. Talk to these, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but you know they're asking, they're asking those questions because our scouts do a great job of digging. They want to know personalities. They want to know family life they want to know all these things that you don't see on the ice you can see a player but he might not be when you get him you're like oh i didn't know that's what he's right. all about so he's one of those things where these guys i don't know if anything really separated them but it's just it's just the way they kept getting better you know they're good in september which we knew but are you going to get better and better because it's both basically their their first years and actually strathman's second year in the ushl but william's first year so it's it's something where you you're playing against older guys they're some guys are three years older than these guys. So if you're getting better and better throughout the season, then you start to dominate some of those games. You're like, okay, these guys are draft picks. Is uh, there a point of emphasis for the Blue Jackets this year? Maybe it's just coincidence, but it feels like everybody that's been drafted is a, like a high work rate player, like dog on a bone type player. Adam Fantilli is obviously a slam dunk at three, but he's that. Gavin Brindley's that. Luca Pinelli has that in his game. Whitelaw has that in his game. Strathman has that in his game. Is that a point of emphasis right now? It is. It, it, it's, it's one of those things where whatever you get to that level, if you don't have some of the other intangibles, 
but you have that dog on a bone mentality, any team, any coach is going to want that, mm-hmm. no matter what. And when you, when you have that, if you don't have something else, you can make up for it because you have that. If you're not the best skater, but you're tenacious, you're, you're going, your engine is moving, that makes up for a lot of things. So having that, and it's contagious. You want those guys, you know, we hope all our draft picks make it to the NHL, but we know it doesn't happen. Some guys make it to the American League, but that also helps our organization. When we have guys like this, I'm not saying what their ceiling is. We, like I said, we all hope and wish that they're going to be NHL players, but if it turns out that some of our draft picks have made it just to the American League, but we have those tendencies and those character guys, those are the guys we want in our system because they're going to help our NHL players along the line. And your job, we're talking with uh, Chris Clark, and your job is to stock that Cleveland team. And you have had, like, an impossible job for the, <laughs> for the last 12 months anyway. It's not the first time you've gone through something like that with the injuries, but this year was, like, really bad where you're scrambling all over the place trying to find a guy in the morning because you need him to play at night somewhere. Uh, so, But that is really important, what you're talking about with the AHL roster. And, and in, even if there is a guy that at some point you go, you know what, he's probably going to top out there, and you're never – not surprised. There, there's still an opportunity yeah. as long as you're playing this game to surprise somebody and still find your way to the NHL. Absolutely. There, it's not 18. It's not 19. It's not 25. You can make it as a 30-year-old. It doesn't matter. There's guys that have gone through the East Coast League to the American League to the NHL, and it's taken them to their late 20s and maybe almost 30. So it's it doesn't matter what your path is. If you're going to make it, you're going to make it. And if you have that uh, if you have that drive and you eventually get that opportunity, it, it's going to be there for you. Some of these guys, it doesn't matter. We don't put timelines on guys. You know, we, we know it, it's, you know, some guys will make it at 18 and play at 18, and some guys will make it at, at 25. So we want to make sure as long as they're progressing and they're the right fit in our organization, we're going to stay with these guys. In talking about that Cleveland Monsters roster construction, we've already got the cylinder pipeline in the organization. Is the, the Fantilli pipeline up next <laughs> with his brother Luca playing at Michigan? Yeah. You never know, but the, the, the Sillinger one, it was You it, almost it was kind of answered that, by the way. Watch how you answer it. Yeah. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah. But, but with Sillinger, I'd, I'd seen him, I'd watched him, and it's it's a little bit of coincidence with the family name, but he's the type of guy I like to bring in mm-hmm. sometimes with in, in Cleveland because we have a veteran rule where they can only play so many games, so we're only allowed five guys that play over 260 games, which sneaks up on some guys, yeah. and it, it, it comes pretty quickly. But if we can get an older college guy – they're not a 20-year-old, you know, guy from uh, the OHL where they're a little bit immature. We're all of a sudden getting a, getting a full-grown man at 24, 25, but he's a rookie. So it's something that I like to surround our guys with sometimes with those uh, leadership qualities and, and which he definitely had. Big pick last year was David Yurchek, and, and you watched him grow. You guys kept him down there all year to be in those big situations. Were you pleased with him by the end of the year? Yeah, he was... He, he probably ran out of gas a little bit. Yeah. It was a long season. He had the World Juniors. He had all the stuff. A calendar year's worth of – he had probably two two years' worth of games in a calendar year just because of everything that he played. So, But he was he was amazing. He was the type of guy that, like I said, we he, he's going to play in the NHL for 15 years. He's he's going to be a leader. He's He loves to win. He loves when you score, when you score, when everybody does well. He's the first guy to congratulate him. So he's – He's, he's going to be uh, an NHL player for a long time with us. Seems like he's got a – his engine runs at a high RPM. Like he almost works his way out of, of space sometimes yeah. in, in the NHL. Do you see yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's going to learn. learn that. He's, yeah, that's that's just something that – it's the cliche is let the game come to you. Don't, right. don't go for it, especially as a defenseman. You don't want to go right, racing out. But he, he's just – he's got that uh, I want to make a difference all the time. And that's, that's what you want. But then you can kind of coach that – out of them a little bit because there's shifts so you don't need to like getting right. off the ice even is you, you want those yeah. <laughs> you don't need to do something special every shift especially as a defenseman you know getting pucks out of the zone that that's that might be your goal that shift it doesn't have to be a scoring opportunity so he's learning and it, it comes it comes with experience and age Corson Coolman's is another guy we saw make his pro debut at the end of last season another top blue jackets d prospect and there was a little bit more unknown about Corson, I think, just in terms of consistency and maybe maturity and things like that. And I talked to him towards the end of his season at the University of Wisconsin, and he said with about a month left in the season, he felt like he took that next step in terms of, you know, maybe becoming an adult, becoming a little bit more of a pro. 
did you see him take those necessary steps in the brief time that he was in Cleveland where you're excited to watch what he does this coming season? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's something that our coaches do a good job before they get on the ice is kind of going through what our systems are and what they expect from them. And his, his answers and his questions were, I guess, off the charts with our coaches because they, they called me right away. He's like, this guy, this guy's smart. And I was like, Right, that's perfect. Yeah, because we see what he does on the ice, and I'm, since I'm not doing development as much anymore, that I'm not with these guys and, and talking to them as much. So it's something I didn't realize. Obviously, our development coaches did, um, but that our, our, you know, Mike Havlin, our, our D coach in Cleveland, he's like, this guy, this guy gets it. He's going to be a good player. So we're we're pretty, we're at, we're anxious to get him going here this year with a full season in a, in a training camp. Yeah, I'm excited to watch him this year. Is it? Uh, <laughs> Is it hard not to get too excited about some of these guys? Like, are, are you good at being very real? You seem to be a guy that's very realistic to me. I, I am, but then there's there's always the start of the season where you're like, you know. You're pulling for you, them. Yes, yeah, exactly. There's certain guys you always pull for because you know how hard they work. You know how much they want it. Um, and it, and it's, it's some of these guys in the American League that I've, you know, come out of development, seeing them for the past eight years, and now they're they're pros, and now they're taking the next step and the next step, like Carson Meyer and Fixie last year, and guys like that. You're really pulling for right. um, Josh Dunn and Sweezy when he got called up. Right. You guys saw the video Great when they story. talked about it. It was it was unbelievable. Those yeah. are the guys that not only I'm pulling for because I know what the guys in the locker room they were so ecstatic that he got called up. Right. And it was awesome. Yeah, those are all good stories, and you know. The silver lining was these players like Sweezy got to have that opportunity to come up here and play, and, and it made it special for them. Must have made it special yep. when they got back there too. Exactly, kind of grows your room, right? It does. It does. These guys now get that little taste. Yeah, you know they know what it takes. They're like, okay, this is they, they see it in training camp and they see it in certain spots of their career, but to really be involved and to go through a full day, as you know. This is what a, an NHL day is, yeah. and and night and travel and city to city and whatever. Um, so him to see that and then you know coming back down now he, he gets a boost, and it, it's something that you you can actually see the boost. They, they're you know a little little pep in their step sometimes. Sometimes it's the opposite because they don't want obviously they don't want to get sent down and <laughs> right. they're a little disappointed. But for guys like that to finally get that chance, it's it was pretty special. You know what? I, I think there was a moment where there was a couple guys that came up were playing like fourth and fifth game in five nights or six oh. nights. Oh, we had, we. <laughs> you was, guys finished it, a three on three yeah. in Toronto, I think. Yeah. We we almost had a four and four for a couple of guys, but we we worked around it where we because that wouldn't be good for them. You know, right. they, they're not going to be at their best, obviously, and especially playing the NHL. You want them to be at their best, giving them their best chance of of of, of showing what they can do. Um, but we needed to win some games in Cleveland because part of you know it's it's wins and losses is. It's part of development, but it, it's not the end-all, be-all for, for myself, for the coaches, because we want, we want these players to be Blue Jackets, not to be monsters at the end of right. the day. Um, but, but we do want, uh, we, we want our guys to, be, uh, to have that experience of being in the playoffs. So our last probably 15 games was a playoff series, right. a, a month-long playoff series where we needed every single game. And our last 10 games, we, we knew we were, we were inches away from getting in, so we were kind of doing what it takes, and Yarmo was great with us because he knew. He's like, all right, we're going to send these guys back down. All right, we're going to call these guys because we need some guys. Okay, when's your next game? Who do you, who do you need? And so we, we were going back and forth with that, which was great. We missed it by a couple, a couple points, but it, it was a good learning experience all the way through. Well, I was going to ask you, was that a bigger – well – it's not a bigger disappointment than finishing next to last, but I mean the, the Blue Jackets were out of the playoff race so early in the season. Uh, I know there was a focus to try to get that Cleveland team into the playoffs and maybe get some of those younger guys there that that they were able to play that, and then it just at the end it it didn't work out. And, and as you're talking about, that was extra development time that you yes. just weren't able to get. Yeah, it, it as as we know that the playoff a playoff game. And a regular season game is is I'd say completely different, but it's different. Like it's you got guys that never blocked a shot before in their lives, blocking shots and <laughs> making a hit in the corner and doing what it takes to win every single game. So it's it's it would have been it it's really good, great for development. But like I said, the silver lining, our last I don't know 15 games, probably about, about our last month was do or die every single game. So coaches were putting the emphasis on everything. Like we're all in here. We're gonna make the playoffs. We're gonna make a push. So. Silver lining, I guess, is we did have that going in. You know, some teams like Toronto, they were in the playoffs, the Marlies, for the last two and a half months, and they kind of coasted in. So I think if we got in, we were playoff ready oh, yeah. and playoff bound. We were the 
teams didn't want to play us. They were they were actually glad that we didn't make it because we were playing so well at the end. We were getting guys back, and we we're already playoff playing playoff hockey. You know, some teams that kind of coast in. Now they got to gear back up for the playoffs. So I I thought once we got in, I thought we could have done. You know, we I thought we were better in Rochester towards the end, and and they went a few rounds there too. So that that was their kind of bar, and I was like. You know, if we had just gotten in, that was the team. I think we could have done the same thing and maybe even farther. Talk with Chris Clark of the Blue Jackets. And uh, we haven't talked to you since you put together the Team USA roster to go to the World Championships. And I, I know it didn't end there the way that you wanted it to, but I'll tell you, I looked at your roster and I felt like, uh, remember the original Major League movie when they were like, <laughs> who the hell are these guys? I mean, that that was kind of your roster. Yeah. There, there were guys on our list like, what is this team? Yeah. And then you probably went over there and, and really had a good run. How much did you enjoy that, and what kind of a different challenge was that for you? Because, first of all, you're trying to find guys that are out of the playoffs, and you're begging them to play <laughs> on Team USA, and, and some guys have been hurt. Some guys just played too much hockey. Some guys have other family commitments. I mean, I know you worked the phones to make sure that you have that Cleveland team stocked, but how similar was that, uh, that experience doing that with Team USA? It, it was it was challenging, but it was also rewarding. Like once we got over there and everything, and but it was just getting through. Like I said, we're we're talking about guys that have already played 80 games or 82 games or whatever it was. Um, amazing number of babies being born in that month before, <laughs> or month after, which you need to be home for. Obviously, that's that's excuse number one. Guys playing with injuries you didn't realize because you you don't talk to guys until they're out of the playoffs. Oh, is that right? Because I, I don't want to talk to a guy that might be making the playoffs or, or heading into the, like, you know, yeah. borderline playoff. Cause it just, it's the wrong timing. So, you know, I talked to our Columbus guys beforehand because we were out of the playoffs a couple months before and, and teams like that. So I'm kind of getting those guys, but you're still waiting. There was, in, in our division, how many teams weren't in it at the right. end? And so I'm waiting right to the end. And it was uh, our last game, like, with Pittsburgh. They had... Yeah. It's seven U.S. players, so I, I ended up talking to all those guys after that game. And that's they had that was their last game, or they had one more game. Yeah, one more, one yeah. more. Yeah, so I'm talking. To, that's how late it was. We still had time to make it, but it's it's one of those things where, you know, I, I had my wish list. If I had that, it was an all-star team. We wouldn't have let up a goal. But you, realistically, you start crossing off, you know, the, the top players, and you get down to a, a certain point where I, I thought of there's there's a group of guys like Grimaldi, who ended up leading the tournament in points. There's guys that were in the, in, the, in the American League that didn't have an NHL contract that I knew can be NHL players, and they've, they've got a chip on their shoulder. They're like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to make it. I'm going to do it. Um, so I had a group of those guys that I wanted to, to bring over because I know those guys are going to play you know, 100% all the time because they're, they're looking for contracts. And I had other guys that um, – had uh, had never played USA hockey stuff before. Never, they're always in the playoffs. Like Gensel was going to come over. He never had a chance to play oh, because right. they're always in the playoffs. He ended up getting hurt right before. He, um, I think he hurt his ankle or whatever. But those are the guys. He's like, yeah, I'm coming. He had his he had flights booked for his family and everything. I was like, this is going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then you get down to 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 guys that some American League guys that I knew that would play well. Um, that needed that chance. And then you get down to guys that have just graduated. The amount of talent in the U.S. right now outside the NHL and outside the AHL is off the charts. So when I'm taking a college guy, I'm like, yeah, but he's the most skilled guy. He's, right. one of, he's probably like Lane Hudson. He's the most skilled guy on the team, and he's still he's going back to BU. Cutter Goche is going back to BC. These guys were integral parts of our team. So it's something where I, I you hold your breath when you get over there because they're not NHL players, but when you see them play and, and our, our, our coaching staff over there, we had a lot of the Sharks guys. We had Quinny, David Quinn, I've known him for a long time. He made the guys, it, we're going to have some fun, but we're going to be serious when it's game time, when that game day. So they did an unbelievable job of pulling all the guys together, and it was just, it was a fun time. It was really fun. I, I love that that you went and you found those guys and you gave guys an opportunity. Guys you knew were going to grab a hold of an opportunity, and do you, going through all of this, and as it builds and your responsibilities get bigger and bigger and, you, and you're team building now, do you have the aspirations to be a GM in this league one day? Yeah, yeah obviously, yes. That's the end goal for, for anybody in my position. That would, that would be like, you know, Stanley Cup, winning the Cup, is, is, that's, that's the end goal. But it, I want to do it right. I want to be ready for it. I don't want to jump into something. And I've always 
kind of the same way that I have players. You, you play in the minors a little bit longer than you should, but like I, I don't mind. Not being, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't mind being hopefully good at what I do before I go to the next yeah. step. So you know, and it, it was good being in development, and then in going that process, and then player personnel and stuff like that, and Cleveland and all that. I want to be ready for the next step, so I don't have a two-year goal, a five-year goal, or whatever it is. You know, I, I'm Blue Jackets have been great to me. Um, everybody in the organization, you know, I, I, I get more and more responsibility. Has been here 12 years now, I guess. So it, it's something that I've never looked elsewhere, never looked any anywhere outside because I I love what I'm doing and I love being part of the process here, building ourselves a winner. I don't. It'd be great to to win something. I don't like you know, like I'd still be happy if I jumped into something and we won right away. But it's great to be a part of the process and part of the building process. So this is something I want to want to bring this to Columbus because I, I think as a the hockey side of it deserves it I think the fans deserve it I think the, the management and I think the uh, the ownership deserves it as well hey, it's been fun to watch you from the time that you came here as a player and then have morphed into all these other roles and you're like you're like that silent assassin man I mean you don't <laughs> you're just there you're always there you know staying I, out I of the way I can't tell you how many times something all happens are. something happens and I say who did that, or whose idea was that? It was Chris Clark? Oh, Chris is still here. That's right. <laughs> because, but but I know where I can find you in that little office on the way in and uh, and say hi. But it's, uh, you know, it's it's great. It's fun to watch you develop, man. And and I'm glad you had a, a great time with it. And I'm glad that you had some uh, some guys that were seated in there as spies with Youngstown, so that you could get a couple of good players <laughs> yeah, here. Today. You always need those guys. You always need the guys <laughs> on the inside. You know, That's right. You can't always trust coaches. Uh, thanks, Clarky. Yep. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Clarky. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Please no appreciate it. Well, the Blue Jackets had another pick in round four remaining at 114th overall. In this time, they went to Ottawa of the Ontario Hockey League, and that's where they found centerman Luca Pinelli. Luca, welcome to the Columbus Blue Jackets. How you feeling right now? Oh, I'm feeling great. Yeah, are you? Uh, what's it like for you sitting up there and you try to patiently wait for your name, but uh, you can't have patience, right? You're just. Uh, were you? Have you been on edge? Have you been relaxed? What's it been like for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been I've been pretty relaxed. I mean, um, to be honest, um, whatever number uh, I go, I mean, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, I'm playing hockey, and uh, to however I perform, so. Just as long as you have that jersey on, right? Exactly. That's yeah. all that matters to oh, you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any idea it was going to be the Blue Jackets? Um, I mean, I, I thought there was a possibility. Mm -hmm. um, I thought I had a good chat with them, so, okay. um, yeah. Where are you from? Uh, Stony Creek, Ontario. Are you? Yeah. And you played in Ottawa? Yeah, I did. Played with Tyler Boucher there? Oh, yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, you guys had a pretty good team, or you guys? Yeah, we, were, yeah, we, we had a really good season, um, but uh, playoffs we didn't really um, do as well. But, uh, yeah, we had a strong team. You, go, you guys get to see a lot of Senators games there, or you guys – kind of locked in your own world uh i mean a bit i think i went to maybe one or two but uh yeah like there we, we have a couple chances to go once in a while yeah yeah so what else um who's here with you in the at the draft uh well my family my my two brothers and my mom and my dad and then uh my billets came uh came down so uh yeah that's a good crew, huh? Oh, yeah, it's a great crew. Yeah. So were you here all day? You were obviously here all day yesterday, too? Yeah, I got here Monday morning or afternoon. And did any of your teammates go yet? Uh, yeah, Gardner. Gardner did, yeah. He went early, huh? Yeah. Well, that's good. It's exciting. We just had two guys in from the same team, Youngstown Phantoms, uh, oh, yeah. picked just ahead of you, and now yeah. you're... You're the first guy from the uh, Canadian Hockey League here. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, two Michigan Wolverines, two members of the Youngstown Phantoms, and now you. Do you know anything about the Blue Jackets organization? You know anybody in the organization? Um, I don't think I know any players personally. Okay. But, um, I think I know a couple guys drafted to them, but yeah. What about you as a player? How do you describe yourself? Um, I mean, I'd say I'm a skilled forward, uh, very high hockey IQ. I can. Uh, find my teammates, um, but not only that, I can use my shot as a threat to goalies, and I'm very competitive. Who are your favorite players in the NHL? Uh, I'd say probably Patrick Kane. Okay. Yeah. Hey, he's a good one. Good, oh. good New York Ranger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you never know where he's going to end up either. What about Johnny Goodrow? You watch him play at all? Uh, I have. I mean, not. In, I don't think I've had him in person, but obviously I see clips of him, and he's, yeah. We got Kent else. Johnson. Yeah, Kent Johnson, yeah. You know, a really highly skilled player, yeah, making yeah. some great picks here. Fantilli comes in. Yeah. So you're part of a great draft class here with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, can't wait. Good for you. Oh, yeah. What are you doing now in the offseason? Uh, just training, um, working out in the mornings, and then going on the ice and 
um, doing whatever skills or, or skating and stuff. So. What about for fun? For golf? Fun? Yeah, a little bit of golf. I haven't I haven't been in a while actually. Probably the last month I haven't. Haven't played golf. That's all right. Uh, but but I've been out about like five times, five times or so. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you play your uh, minor hockey? Uh, Toronto Junior Canadians. Oh, did you? Oh yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a good program. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Anyone out of there that's been drafted here today or the last couple, of, I guess, last year too? Uh, yeah. Um, Carson, he's been drafted. Rakoff. Um, I don't know if anyone else has, but Fantilli's played on Junior uh, Canadians a year up. So. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. So. That's yeah. a that's a really demanding program, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Right on. Well, Luca, thank you to the very NHL. much. It's yeah. great, great yeah. day for you. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. to yeah, Congratulations, Luca. Thanks, we'll see you Enjoy in your day. So with four rounds in the books and the Blue Jackets already picking up four forwards and one defenseman, they felt it was time to get a goaltender. So with their fifth round pick, number 156th overall, they selected Melvin Strahl out of Sweden. Now, Melvin wasn't at the draft. However, Nicholas Backstrom, who's the new goaltending coach for the Blue Jackets, was. He knows Melvin very well, and we got him to talk about him. We've been looking for an excuse to talk to you, like, the whole time. We're waiting for a goalie, waiting for a goalie. And finally, I'm like, we got to get Nick to come over here and talk about the goalie. I was waiting for a goalie, too, but (laughs) (laughs) we got a great guy. So I think we, we had two really great days, so it's fun. What can you tell us about uh, Melvin Strahl here? There's not a lot. We're trying to search for some stuff. He's kind of hard to find. I figure if anybody knows, you're the guy. Yeah, I saw him play uh, a bunch last season, but uh, as a goalie, but as a person, a, a great guy. He really impressed me with his will to get better and improve. Like I interviewed him, and after that, we probably try to connect every week. He's asking questions, try to get better. Like he's really motivated and. Uh, Good side goalie, six foot three, uh, pretty technical. Improved a lot during the year, like uh, end of the season, he was really consistent. So really, really happy with this. I know he's not here, but uh, did you text him? Did you have a conversation with him? Yeah, we called uh, right away when we uh, knew we were going to get him. So I gave him a call. He's home with his family, sitting on a coach. Uh, uh, you know, you could feel how happy he was, his family, and he was speechless. And uh, you know, it's a it's a great moment. And uh, I don't know, Jolly, you, you probably were drafted. I was never drafted. Me either. Me, me neither, so I don't know that feeling. Me but, either. But it's fun to talk to these kids and see how ecstatic, how big they are. But this is where it starts. Like it's a, it's a beginning of a great journey. What's the mood over at the table there? Because I, I think the feeling is that the Blue Jackets have had a really good draft so far, so everybody excited? I think everyone's really excited. I, uh, everyone worked really hard the whole year, you know, uh, in NHL, we had a tough year, but on the scouting side, it's a different. Like you, you have to focus on your day-to-day business. And uh, guys watch a lot of games, uh, did all the work, and I think everyone's really happy at the table. Uh, end of the day, time will tell. But so far, every there's a lot of smiles, and uh, it's a big step. You know, the goaltending position. Uh, I don't know if I've just never paid attention. But I'm starting to learn so much about it. Has it always been this technical, or is it more technical now than when you played? I feel it's more technical. Uh, uh, I'm at that age group when I started to play in, uh, like, at pro level, we're standing up. My pads were 33 inches. Now it's 37, 38 inches. So the game has evolved. Goaltending has evolved. And it's a lot of technical. But end of the day, I feel for the goal is the mental side. Uh, that's, that's really big. And... For the goalie too, you need to have the guys in front of you to play for you. You have to earn their trust, you have to earn their respect, and that's that's big part of them too. To uh, how you handle yourself every day, so you get your teammates to really dig in and play for you. That's interesting because you know one of the best guys we've had here was Jonas Corposalo. Yeah, and he had a tough road to get back and sign that one-year deal, and you see him go to, to LA, but that was a big part of his his personality, and you could see the team change. Not change, but they fought for him. Yeah. You see, you know, every player, only the best players, I think their career is just great time. Like, a lot of players have to battle through a lot of stuff. And you respect us as a teammate. You have guys who got hurt, they come back. You cheer for them. Guys who have a tough spell, they come back. But I think uh, going back, end of the day, it's, it's how you do your work every day you come show up you work as hard as you can because you're there to support your team and your teammates you do everything as well as you can every day and you know the team is going to be there it doesn't it's not just for the goalies it's for everyone it's interesting because the blue jackets most success 
was a very predictable defensive zone. And that's something that, and I saw, watched Bobrovsky with Florida. Almost every play, every save, he's thanking his defensive partners, you know. And, and I don't know if I kind of forgot that, but that is a huge part of it. Yeah, it's huge. It's, uh, uh, it's, I feel it's a six-man unit. It's not a five-man yeah. unit. It's a six-man unit working together. I was fortunate in Minnesota to play with Jacques Lemaire. Oh, and yeah. he was really structured. And we knew every day coming to the rink, we have a chance to win, but we knew exactly what we were going to do. So it, it helps the it helps the goalie, but I think it helps the players a lot because you, you have a plan and you know what you're supposed to do. Talking with Nicholas Backstrom, goaltending coach for the Blue Jackets, we had this little question that we were talking about before you came up here, and I think you can answer it. Scouting goalies. Do the regular scouts, like can't, so many guys say, I don't understand the position. Yeah. I don't know. So, or, like, like the Blue Jackets were fortunate. You were there in Europe, so you could be watching guys and scouting guys. But for a guy that didn't play the position, do they make those decisions on them, or does some video at the very least come to somebody that knows about goaltending before that gets all factored in? Well, you got right. Uh, I feel every time you talk to a scout, I don't know goalies, but they're, <laughs> they're watching like how many games? 300, 400 games a year, so they, they learn a lot. And they... You know, we're fortunate in Columbus. There's a lot of great scouts. They're sending us videos and seeing a good goalie. They let us know with Thiessen or whoever. So we and then we fly to watch. It's it's uh, our scouts today. They have their country and they, there's a good one. They help us to let us know who's there, so we don't have to travel there and uh, watch every goalie in the league. We we know the top ones that they like, and uh, then it's our job to go there and see. But they they know more than they want to tell, and uh, it, it's really great to have them to support and help us. I think, the, I think the good thing is the bad goalies are easy to spot, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you can figure true. out that's the bad true. ones. Yeah, that's if I mean. yeah, <laughs> But then scouting goaltending is too, it's tough. We're talking about 17-year-old kids, yeah. and you think as a goalie, he's in a prime, probably late 20s, closer to 30s. Like He needs some games under his belt, so it, it's a little bit different, but it's a challenge too, and... Uh, I'm pretty pretty new to this business, so it's a lot to learn and improve. But it, it's been fun, and uh, I've been now four years here, so pretty soon I'm going to start to see where the goal is. I had on my list my first year where they're going to be. Was I right or wrong? But it, it takes time. It's different, and with players, you can pretty soon. How did you find this pick? Uh, I had help for our Swedish scout, Oscar, but uh, I went to, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, with Sweden. It, he plays in Övik. Uh, it's a... In Schultzvik, there's a lot of great Swedish players coming. Sedins, Forsberg, yeah. there from that. But it's it's not the easiest place to travel to, okay. so you have to go. But it's uh, went there to see him. But it's like here, it's another story. Our Aria scout really helped. He figured out this is a good one. Someone to really where to go and look, and he, he was right. Good. All right. How's your transition coming? Because you're you're making that move to the full-time goalie coach here. So I know it's a busy summer for you and. You'll do this, you go to development camp, and then it's back to kind of get your life in order before training camp, right? Yeah, it's, it's been busy. It's been fun. Uh, a lot of new stuff, but I think uh, coming up to the draft, it's busy to prepare for this one, and then we have development camp. So it's been a busy time here, but I think uh, more and more when the draft is done, you start to focus on the next season because you've been sort of doing that too, but the main preparation has been for the draft, and now when we're pretty soon done with that you shift your focus on development camp and get to work with the kids we drafted and then you move on from that but it's it's exciting a lot of new stuff but it's it's fun will this kid come over i hope so uh, it's still early i talked to him and uh try to try to get him it would be nice to get him to the development camp and get to know him and uh get to know our system so but he's got so. two days to get here <laughs> yeah i heard it's been <laughs> It's been a lot of issues with travel lately, yeah. so I heard a couple of guys who almost missed their draft here. But yeah. So it's challenging. And, but we'll see. Yeah. I, I hope to get him. Good. Nicholas, thank you very much. Great to have you here. Thanks for talking to us. And, uh, you know, when we can't find information, we know the people that have it. So that's what we try to do. Yeah, Perfect. thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks. It's a pressure. Thank you. Thank you. Well, the Blue Jackets didn't have a sixth-round pick. They sat that round out. But in round seven, with the 194th pick overall, they took another forward, this time, it was Finnish player Olva Keskinen. Now, it looked as though the Blue Jackets were done at that point, but then right at the very end, and I mean at the end, with the very last overall pick of the draft, the Blue Jackets made a trade with the Vegas Golden Knights, and they were able to pick up pick number 224, and they took left winger Tyler Peddle. 
a big guy who plays in Drummondville in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So that capped off everything for the Blue Jackets throughout the two days of the NHL draft. And at the end, it was time to talk with General Manager Jarmo Kekalainen and get his overall feeling as to the brand new group of prospects the Blue Jackets have just brought in. I see Jarmo's coming. I think uh, that's who we're going to get to talk to here, just get a wrap-up with Jarmo as he's Tell him we have a 10-minute break. <laughs> Warm him up a little bit. Yesterday, he was kind enough to wait through commercial break. For Let's all get him right now with that. Let <laughs> yeah. him put the headset on. I'm going to say, oh, we just we have a five-minute break. No. <laughs> I, I see what he says. Well, he might say something. He, he might throw it yeah, down. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he, got his bag on his shoulder. Yeah, he's ready to go. He's going to do this and go right to the airport. <laughs> yeah, I'm just afraid of what he would say if you because it would be funny. We'll see what he says. All right, let's. It just sat quick. Yeah, we're live. <laughs> we, five, we got five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're live. No, we're nope. we're we're <laughs> no commercials. <laughs> no commercials on this one, Yarmo. We're live. Yarmo Kekalainen is with us. Uh, you just made your um, your seventh round selection there. How happy and pleased are you with what you were able to add today to add to the Adam Fantilli pick yesterday in round one? Yeah, I think that the the uh, goal with the draft is always to fill up the depth chart, and I think we got a little bit of everything here today, and, and I think that uh, Ville Siren and uh, Trevor Timmins are better guys to talk about the, uh, the details of the guys that we take in the later rounds because my time was limited, and I, I usually concentrate on the guys at the top of the draft to... to uh, our philosophy is that unless you see a guy play a lot of times, keep your mouth shut. And, um, you know, I call it highlight scouting. That's, uh, that's the worst kind. You, you watch a couple of clips on the, on the uh, Internet, and then you decide that that guy can play or can't play. And, and uh, well, that's why we have the scouting staff. They do their due diligence. They watch the guys again and again and again, so they know, it in, know them inside and out. But um, um, based on our list, based on our reports, we got a little bit of everything. We got a lot of character. We got a lot of competitiveness, and uh, as we always say about the uh, the draft picks, um, time will tell. Yeah, and I was going to say because it seemed as as though there was a theme, even though you might not know some of the guys in the the lower part of it. You guys, as a group, there was a kind of player that you were looking for, and you could see just by us going through and looking at numbers and talking to the guys that were here, there's a, a similarity between a lot of the guys and the, the characteristics that they bring to the table. Yeah, yeah, we didn't get a lot of size today, but uh, uh, good NHL players are good NHL players, whether they have the size or, or not, and, and the competitiveness, as we talked yesterday with uh, with Fantilli, though, that's that's more important than the size. If you, if you get a six-foot-three guy who doesn't compete and doesn't have the heart, and the size doesn't matter much, but, but um, you know, we got a couple of champions, USHL champions, teammates, from Youngstown, both very competitive guys. And uh, Gavin Brindley, um, every time we went to see Adam Fantilli, he just stuck out every single time. He's, he's a small guy, but he's feisty. He's got he's got a uh, lot of courage. Not sure I'm supposed to use the word that I'd like to use. The way he goes to the <laughs> corners with with a lot of courage and, and for a guy that size and plays with a chip on his shoulder and, and uh, just, uh, you know, from the first time that I, I even personally saw him, and I, our scouts obviously loved him, uh, but it, he just sticks out because he's so competitive and he's got skill and and, went and had to grow in his role Good both on the U.S. team and the under-20 uh, World World Junior Championships and in Michigan, had to earn every every inch of his, his ice time and, and, and role on his team, but he earned it by playing so hard and playing so well. And, Ended up playing with Adam Fantilli quite a bit towards the end of the season and almost had a point a game in his freshman year when he uh, had very few points the first half of the season. So um, we expect big things out of him, keep developing at Michigan. And and I, I, I have um, I have made a guess, the educated guess, that he's going to be one of the leading scorers of that team, if not the leading scorer going into uh, his sophomore year. And, and, and we'll see how how long he needs to uh, make the step to the pros. But uh, he's just a, a pleasure to be around. Smaller guy who's built the right way. He's a, he's a, he's a little tank, and, and he plays that way too. 
You talked about those Youngstown guys. How much did the familiarity and how embedded the Blue Jackets are in that organization help? Because Chris Clark's son plays there, obviously. Joseph's son is playing there as well. So did those guys factor into those decisions? Yeah, well, it gives us a great inside track on their character. You know, we know about uh, not just the players that we watch from the uh, the stands, but also how they interact with their teammates and and what, what kind of work ethic they have on and off the ice. And, and, and that's... Sometimes hard to find out, but we, we had uh, great inside information on that front from, uh, from the guys that are familiar with that team. Jarmo, you, you were a sc- long-time scout, and, and your guys today, I know it's been a tough season for the Columbus Blue Jackets organization on the ice, and that's, for, that's in the past. And for these guys at your table today, um, it's, it's, a big, it's a big two days for them. It, it, what is it to them right now to be sitting here at the end of the draft and, and feeling the way they are? It's really rewarding. This is their their show and should be because they put put in put put it, put the miles in to go to these places and, and and it's not always easy. You go through the snowstorms and and uh, winding roads and and air miles and all that stuff before uh, you know you get to know these players and not just once, but you got to go there again and again and again to to find those gems that you you're trying to find, especially in the later rounds. So. For them to uh, be able to draft the guys that they were pushing for in the meetings and throughout the season, it's rewarding. And and then uh, it becomes even more rewarding when they uh, become NHL players, and that's why the amateur staff is so important. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate your time. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun. It's very, very exciting. I know the fans at home are extremely excited, especially with the Fantelli pick. Oh, you told us last night that you uh, needed to talk him into turning pro and not going back to college. you get that done yet? It's not done yet, but I think it's looking the way that we wanted it to look, that, that he's going to turn pro and, uh, and join us next season. Absolutely. That's, that's fantastic. Yarmo, thank you so much. We appreciate it. My pleasure. So there you have it, your draft recap. Every player that the Blue Jackets selected in this year's draft that was present at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee, you just heard from them. And now the Blue Jackets are ready for development camp, and that is getting started this weekend. It will run through Wednesday. Remember, the on-ice work will be done at Chiller North in Lewis Center. The reason is, if you hadn't heard, the Blue Jackets are replacing all of the ice-making equipment in Nationwide Arena and in the Ohio Health Ice House. That's why they won't be able to skate there. Lots of good things coming up, though. July 1st, Saturday, that is the start of free agency. So we'll see if Yarmo adds anything in the way of free agents, and that could continue for a couple of days. Who knows? And then the development camp that I mentioned, to keep up to date on all of it, all you have to do is go to bluejackets.com. I'm Bob McElligot, and thanks for listening to this long edition of CBJ and 30, recapping the 2023 NHL Draft.